I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Cephas, here we go. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. I'm sure you are listening to this at some point during the Christmas week. And we haven't really discussed how we're going to do our, um, you know, upcoming pods with it being on Christmas Day and how all that's going to go down. We'll get to that, I'm sure, at some point at the end of this podcast. But I wanted to talk about what I personally want for Christmas this year. And I'm going to keep it real simple. Okay, guys, all I want is for my sweet beloved NFL to get back to a world where the dogs win in cover more than the favorites. And of course, <laughs> you know, if, if you want to throw in a little uh, stocking suffer, maybe for the 13th year in a row, I'm going to ask for Santa to bring a naked Jessica Bill to show up in my bed when I wake <laughs> up Christmas morning. Hasn't happened yet, uh, but I do believe in the spirit of prostitution Santa, so I'm sure it is coming this year. Now, whether you are here for the funny. <laughs> oh, hilarious, hilarious. We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tvs glowing we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking a Jubilee by the Shoots Brewery in Oregon. And like most things that come from that made-up state, it's terrible. Uh, half a star out of five on the beer app. But I'm drinking it tonight because we're going to have a Jubilee, and we're going to continue to spread the holiday cheer with the real story of the two different Christmases, the religious and the secular. 
So when Christmas was first invented, there was already a holiday going on where people were already partying. And the religious cloud, well, they didn't like it very much. Those stuffy old fucks were like, hey, I know you've been partying on this day since the beginning of time, but now, well, we've decided this is Jesus' birthday, and y'all gotta knock that shit off. And the secular crowd was like, listen here, you powder wig wearing motherfuckers. We've been doing this shit for thousands of years, and now just because a baby moonwalked over a lake, you're trying to tell us we can't have a beer and sing songs outside of our neighbor's houses until they give us more beer or some pie just to shut up and go away? Go fuck yourselves. So the Puritans in England canceled Christmas in 1645. Mm. And if you're like my buddy Longhorn, you're probably thinking that shit would never happen in America. Never. Well, you're fucking wrong. The quote-unquote pilgrims didn't allow Christmas in America either. In fact, Christmas was outlawed from 1659 to 1681 in the city of Boston. And anyone exhibiting Christmas spirits would be fined five shillings on the spot. Haven't. Thankfully for all of us, the true patriots in this country, who turned out to be the CEOs of Coke and Coors Brewing Company, came along and got behind the whole deal, and now we all get together and get drunk with Jesus every single year. And this really is my favorite holiday, and that's not a joke. Merry Christmas, Glory Hole Seekers, each and every one of you. Yeah, I did my uh, traditional checklist of everybody that might be offended. It was um, <laughs> Christians, the Pilgrims, um, this poor people of Boston. What's up, Boston? Y'all check in and, and email at Bocephus if you get a chance. <laughs> I threw in the Jews because you know whether you whether it was a slight at them at them or not, you just you know you always got to throw the Jews in. That's that's a, they a get given. offended by everything. Yeah. So just throw them in. And then finally, uh, you offended Michael Jackson with your moonwalk reference. So you, you, you got them all. You got them all. <laughs> I nailed it. And speaking of nailing it, we're going to do that tonight in the podcast with every game in the NFL in the air tonight. And of course, of course, we're going to get you paid as we always do with those free picks. But right now, we have to get paid and do that. Here is this week's sponsor. Well, hello, boys and girls. It's Christmas time again, and we all know what that means. Eating way too much food, seeing relatives who you have no fucking clue how you're even related to, and listening to that same old shitty Christmas music. Well, not this year, because the Football Glory Hole proudly presents a kind of PC Christmas. We have taken old classics and cleaned up the racist language and made them more inclusive. For the most part, tracks include Rudolph the Nondescript Reindeer. Rudolph, I don't give a shit. All these PC fags can suck my dick. And how the- Here comes everybody. Here comes Santa Claus, Vishnu Muhammad, and the guy from the Jews. And the instant classic, Oh Tweeted Night. Fall on your knees and see. You can get all these tracks and 87 more on our brand new 18 CD collection for the low price of $9,986 plus shipping and handling. And while you might say that's too expensive, we just want to remind you that it's Christmas time and Santa hates a cheap fuck. So Merry Christmas Glory Hole Seekers from our family to yours. Holy, and I do mean holy shit Longhorn, that Christmas album we sell, I think it just gets better every year with time. Uh... There is update to that. You don't have to buy the uh, 99 CDs or whatever the package is. We do have it on MP3 or something more modern at this point. I'm sure somewhere at the factory we have that going on. So 
But please uh, do buy it because, you know, it's Christmas time for us too. And we have to, uh, you know, we got presents to buy, you know, mouths to feed and all that kind of shit. So we do appreciate your support by purchasing that Christmas album. I think, you know, I play this, that shitty album every uh, Christmas <laughs> Eve. And I just put it on a loop in my house, uh, just a constant loop as I go to bed. I pr- I'm pretty sure that that's what's keeping, you know, Santa from coming and dropping off a naked Jessica <laughs> Bill. He, he's not, he's just not a fan of it. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> Okay, it's happening. Stay calm. What What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight, baby. Yeah, baby, it is week 16, Longhorn, we are coming down to it. This season has flown by as they always do. Look, to preference this week, real quick, this time of year, I kind of revert back to the first of the year as far as looking back to the spring lines. Just because now, I mean, we pretty much have all the data that we're going to get on these teams, you know, for all intents and purposes. For 2023, so I like to look how much our power rankings and our thoughts have changed on these teams, and how does it line up with preseason expectations? Because, quite honestly, you know the facts get lost in the ups and downs of a season, the ebbs and flows. But at the end of the day, most of these teams are what they were projected to be in May or around there. And if you just follow that and not get caught up so much in the narratives and recency bias, you generally do better this time of year now injuries and everything else you got to factor all that shit in but that's kind of where i like to start my baselines this time of year just like the way i like to start to begin the year because we don't have any data to begin the year so all we have is what the preseason vegas expectations were which is the best data you can get and now we have okay did these teams turn out like vegas expected them to and again we only have three weeks left you're not gonna i mean these numbers move by fractions of points at this point so you're not going to get a lot more a lot more data that's going to shake anything. Uh, these teams have established themselves, so that's why I like to go back to that. So this preference for that, but we're going to go ahead and start up in Pittsburgh with those Steelers. Oh, they're hanging out for dear life. They're hosting our, all of a sudden, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. They're two-point home dog, sorry. Yeah, go, uh, I'm, I'm just a, you know, I've, I've talked about on the last podcast how I – you know, this, this football season has been crazy. It's been a lot of favorites covering. Uh, I'm going to stick with it until until it carries into halfway through next year before I even think about making adjustments because I just think that if you start making adjustments off, you know, short sample sizes, you, you're just going to run into all kinds of problems. So with that said, this is a classic spot. You know, I'm not saying Tallman spot because, you know, that's been beat to death. But 
a team at home as a dog still in a playoff race against a division foe that is a spot period uh for for a bounce back uh, you know uh team for a team to bounce back so take Tomlin out i still like pittsburgh here even though they are just they're, they're hard almost impossible team to bet right now with that said in the nfl nothing stays horrible forever nothing stays really red hot forever Things turn. Uh, there are some locker room issues going on. I, I think I talked about that on Monday. There's got to be something going on inside with Pittsburgh, and it turns out it's George Pick, uh, George Pickens, a receiver. He is just a that cancer. Fucking nut job. Yeah, he's a cancer inside that locker room. But with all that said, like I said, I'm, I'm an underdog taker. I love home dogs. I love home division dogs. I'm gonna stick with the script until I'm forced to change on this. So um, yeah, go ahead and hit the sounder. Let's take Pittsburgh. I'm taking Pittsburgh to win at home, you know, kind of, you know, somehow salvage this season. They are still 7-7, seven seven, so they're not eliminated. Maybe, I, I would expect if Tomlin is half the coach that everyone thinks he is, you got to bench that guy. Like, if it's leaking out into the public now that he's a cancer, sit his ass on the Yeah, but he's bench. shown in the past that he's not going to do that. He I never did it with A.B. He never did it with Le'Veon Bell. Okay, but Pick is not A.B. So, like, I mean, like, he's no. you can afford to sit him, send a message, get, play Pittsburgh football, man, for God's sakes. Like, let's, let's, get, let's get a win. They are four or no, three in a row to the uh, Cardinals, the Patriots, and then last week to the Colts, and they've been embarrassing. It's just been an embarrassing fashion, but I'm counting on the um, the classic bounce back. Nothing stays the same forever in the NFL, and uh, give me those Pittsburgh stars. All right, the numbers are split on this one. The buckets are on Pittsburgh. Uh, now, since he is in the best spot on our new predictive models, though, I started breaking things down. So since Mr. Browning, Mr. Browning, took over in Week 12, the Bengals, Longhorn have the seventh best EPA offense in the NFL. And that includes his first start against Pittsburgh, where he was really bad and the offense was horrible. In I fact, think it's more Mr. Mr. Brown, the mm-hmm. running back that they that that's it's kind of they coincided, came up at the same time. I mean, I I think it might be more to do with that little scat back. It might be. If you take that game out. Since he's actually the number two EPA offense in the entire NFL, only behind San Francisco since uh, Browning mm-hmm. took over. But obviously, What's you can't that? take three games, it. four uh, since week twelve. So yeah, oh, this will be man. game number that's game a, number five. That's a good number. I mean, that's that's nothing to nothing yeah. To wait, and but you know, but, they run into the vaunted Pittsburgh defense now, though. So. Well, that's what obviously you can't take that first game out because it was against this very opponent. And that was at home. This is on the road. Now, I talked about the May lines. In May, this line was Cincy minus three. Now it's two. Cincy had an 11.5 over under preseason total. Pitts had a nine. So that line made sense at that point. Now, Pittsburgh's either going to come in just above or just under expectations. So let's just, for the sake of argument, call it even. And since he's going to finish below expectations, no matter what. Now, let's say they go 2-1, and one, and I think that's being very generous. They could actually go 0-3 oh to finish the season if you look at their schedule. But let's Pittsburgh? just say – No, Cincy. Oh, okay. Let's just say for the sake of argument, they go 2-1, and one, and that puts them at 10 wins. That makes them a 2.5-point favorite on a neutral. Well, they're laying two in Pittsburgh, so obviously the value is on Pittsburgh here. 
But do I really want to put my hard-earned money on Mason fucking Rudolph? Yes. No. Wait. What? Well, maybe (laughs) against this defense, which might honestly, Longhorn, this might be the worst defense in the entire league at this point, by the way. Which one? Cincy. They're definitely in the running. Look, they just gave up 424 yards to Nick Kiss McMullins last week. Mm. He threw for over 300. They ran for over 100 yards with one guy, something called Ty Chandler. I don't know. North they Carolina, were, sir. Let's, let's right. show some respect. They were beaten thoroughly last week by the Vikings overall. McMullen's throwing two red zone, red zone interceptions, including the worst interception I have ever seen in my life. I'm not exaggerating. Just fucking Google it, people. It's the only reason why Cincy survived that game. Now, can Mason Rudolph match the good and the bad of that? Well, the bad, absolutely. The good, I don't know, man. I look back at all his game logs for his whole career. He's never thrown for 300 yards. Mm-hmm. He's never even sniffed the 9.2 yards per attempt that McMullins had last week, by the way. Mm. His closest game to that, though, was versus the Bengals in 2019, but that Bengals game won or that Bengals team won two games all year, all year, so not quite the same team. Overall, though, I agree with you. This is the spot for Pittsburgh. It's their very last chance mm-hmm. to circle yeah. the wagons. Or this season, if they lose, it's over. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, why I, that's why I like it. And if they do lose, I don't want to hear that Tomlin bullshit ever fucking again. But I do, I, and I really want Cincy to hammer and put the coffin nail in Pittsburgh. Because we have the under, and I'm just ready for them to die. Mm-hmm. But their defense is so fucking bad that even Mason Rudolph should find some success. And I got to be honest with myself. If I was willing to take the three with basically the same team in Minnesota as Pittsburgh is now, offense and defense, they're, they're literally like the exact same team with the quarterback play, I'm willing to take three on the road. I don't see how I could pass up taking two points at home with Tomlin and all his goddamn voodoo. So, yes, it is Pittsburgh or pass for me in this one. So, did you factor in the fact that Rudolph is playing on Christmas week into the handicapping? Was that part of it? I did not, sir. I don't know how many points that's worth. I'm going to say it's worth um, zero. But, listen, um, you uh, division... I mean, this is a very, you know, just whatever thing. But since he is 0-4 in the division, and um, Pittsburgh's 3-1. and So take that for what it's worth. Um, we know the division. Divisions are weird. Like, division matchups do matter because there's these l- weird little quirks inside divisions of team how teams match up. Um, so, you know, for what it's worth, since he's 0-4. Yeah, and, and until Joey Burrow showed up, I mean – Pittsburgh owned Cincy. Like, they own Cincy like the fucking uh, Packers own the Bears. Like, it, it didn't matter who else was playing. You're just going to lose. So, now Joey came in and kind of changed the narrative. But, look, I love the Browning story and I love the kid. But he's not fucking Joe Burrow. So, And as I said on Monday, I already, already have Pittsburgh teased up. What's, what's the current line you said? Two. Yeah, so you can still tease them up to, to plus eight if you don't feel comfortable taking them on the sounder. Or at plus two, you can always do the tease up. Yeah, I love that. All right, moving on. Oh, it's the San Diego Superchargers. And they are. Consensus, 
12 points. Home dogs to those Let's Go Buffalo Bills. Yep, this is the easiest pick on the board that is sure to go wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I mean, this is just, seriously, this this is a simple. Sounder? Sounder? No, oh, that's okay. not it. That's not it. But uh, I do lean to the Chargers and all those points. Obviously, you got extended rest for the Chargers. You have a primetime blowout. They, I mean, not only a blowout, but just a quit job blowout. Fired the coach, so you got the fired, you know, the the dead coach bounce. You've got Buffalo coming off a marquee blowout of their own at home in front of the world. They embarrassed, pulled down the pants of the cows and just ass raped them. Um, so, but now they go all the way across the country um, on a slightly they put their wieners on the glass of the Alana Club. Yeah, were you watching that, Santa? That was that's, that was that was not pretty. Um, yeah, it's just an easy call that you know. Who who knows? I mean, it's it's the classic spot that we would always take the Chargers. Now, does that mean that Buffalo can't win by thirty? Of course they can, but yeah, I'm gonna be on the Chargers. Yep, numbers are on the Chargers. Buckets are on the Chargers. You got the dead cat bounce working, but the coach was just fired. The spot is all Chargers, and I've got one trend to back you up here. Since 2012, teams coming off two or more ATS wins and their faves in prime time in a non-division game, 30-47-3 ATS with an average line of 5.5. You make that line 10 or more, as this one is, it's 0-9 ATS with a negative 7.5 ATS margin. Go Chargers, go. Yeah, go Chargers, go. Go Chargers, go. All right, moving on. It's those hot Atlanta Falcons. They are one point. Home favorites, somehow, versus those Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, one-point home favorites. When we did this podcast on Monday, it was Atlanta as home dogs. Told you to tease them up. Um, I have already teased up Indy on the other side, so I'm going to try to catch a middle there. Um, you got Surely you, gotta you fucking got that one. Jesus. I mean, if that one can't middle, then maybe i got to rethink these. But uh, go ahead. you got to grab the six and a half if you're doing the Indy tease or get them up to the, uh, the seven and a half. Um, you know, Heineke starting for Atlanta. They're just they're just rotating quarterbacks left and right. Uh, maybe they'll figure out that it doesn't necessarily matter as much who's playing quarterback and give the ball to um, your stud running back. That would be great to nah. to, do, to do that. Uh, Andy is not great on defense. Um, it's clown stuff, bro. Hey, look, I don't like. I'm not a fan of Indy. I think this is a. I think this is just a classic land on three you know, uh, three or less game. And in a situation like that, I'm going to take Atlanta. I'm going to lean to Atlanta. Um, they are a game behind. I'm trying to pull up stand there. I know they're a game behind New Orleans and Tampa. Yep. Um, and in Indy, you know, they're, they're tied in a three-way tie, at least in the standings with Jacksonville and Houston. You know, to me, the more desperate team is going to be Atlanta at home. I'm just going to lean that way in, in a, uh, in a short home favorite situation or sure yeah they're their favorites now short home favorite situation all right no call by the numbers there are no buckets now this is an obscure one before for what it's worth since 2020 when the falcons specifically in the previous game have a catch of 45 or more yards mm. they are 1 in 15 ats losing by a negative 4.5 ats margin 3 and 13 straightening up Losing by five and a half points a game. Home dogs in that situation, one and three straight up and ATS. Look, I know it's a 
stupid trend, but yeah, we're I'm pulling split. up catch trends. We're just yeah, <laughs> he ain't picking this game. I didn't have much on this one, but look, I'm split on this one. Uh, if I had to lay my money though down, I guarantee you, I am not betting against my boy the stash versus a quarterback that he's better than. Look, I said that earlier this season the podcast on a game that we hit on them. He's never failed me on that. And here's the thing. If you want to beat the stash, there's a, there is a real trend out there that I think if you score uh, 20 or 21 points or more, he I don't think he's ever won something like that. Hmm. No, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, that is true because they lost to Cleveland. Yeah, they lost to Cleveland when he uh, he scored like 33 on them or 37, but they scored 39. So can Atlanta score 21 points? I don't think they fucking can. I really don't. And I'm not – there's zero chance I'm betting on a skunky beer versus my boy, the stash. They're basically even teams and he might be a little bit better, whatever. You can debate it all you want to, but I know the stash is a better quarterback. They're the team that doesn't have coaching questions or coaches not on the hot seat. Maybe get fired. Maybe not. The owner came out today, said I'll make the decision after the year. There could be a serious quit factor set in Atlanta. If this thing doesn't go well, to begin with, like you said, they're in a quarterback, out of quarterback, in a quarterback, out of quarterback. Dude, NFL players don't have any fucking patience for that shit. So if it doesn't start well for Atlanta, this one could actually get ugly. And uh, there's no way I would bet this other than Indy. Yeah, it's a lot of injuries. For like, we'll see if if all these you know questionable players for the Indy offense <laughs> actually play. But it could be you know just a nasty. But I do agree with I do agree with you that. If everything, if all things being equal, I do see it being a three-point game. And in a three-point game, you think I'm betting Heineke over the stash? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, we talked about on Monday, I was trying to figure out why the hell, um, you know, like we talked about how, you know, Bijan, that was a good spot for Atlanta to go to and this and that. And, um, you know, they couldn't run it all last week against Carolina, and they haven't really given them the ball. They haven't lot. ran the ball well. in the. I pulled up those numbers, actually. They haven't <laughs> ran the ball well in the last – uh, actually, nine weeks. They've been one of the worst running teams in, in the NFL. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, they, they do have Lindstrom and McGarry uh, that have been hurt. Oh, I don't know, McGarry. I don't know how long, you know, they've been been out necessarily. But, I mean, it just it's, bottom line, it just shouldn't be this bad. But, yeah, a lot of injuries to look at in this game. It's going to be ugly and two backups. <laughs> two back. I mean, how many backups do we have fucking playing in this league? It's ridiculous. Lots, lots and lots of backups and lots, lots of, of starters that should be backups. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, oh, we're going to Carolina. Well, those Panthers are five-point home dogs, those Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I'm making a call here. Let's make this the big dick pick of the week. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice dick. I'm going to put my dick in. Going out on a huge limb here. That's why it's called the big dick. I mean, if it was easy, then you know you wouldn't have to, to make this call. But like I normally this is a spot I would love to fade Carolina coming off that win. Um, but we are late in the season. And if, if, as a matter of fact, if this game was at any point other than coming into this last three weeks of the season, this would be a classic space, fade spot for Carolina. But Green Bay, I saw a lot of quit last week and I've, and on top of the quit on defense I've I've seen regression back from the quarterback over the last few weeks also both those things do not bode well going into the end of the season when people start planning their vacations so it might be a little too early for this I'm I'm don't I'm, you know I'm, I'm willing to admit that this might be too early to use this type of handicap 
um, because this this might be more for something that for like the last game or the second to last game. So this may be too early, and maybe Green Bay goes in there and just blows their doors off. But I love the way the defense for Carolina is playing. Uh, they have not shown any quit whatsoever, even though having to play with an offense that cannot move the ball most of the time. Um, but when you couple that up with a Green Bay defense that did quit and is dealing with massive injuries, it just feels like a dangerous spot for Green Bay to go to Carolina. So uh, take the points. And I think there's a shot that Carolina could surprise and upset Green Bay here. What do you got? All right. No call on the numbers. The buckets are on Green Bay, however. Now, this game was a pick em in May. Mm-hmm. So that is the Green Bay bucket that they're in, by the way. So pick ems, uh to fave at 61%. Uh, historically, it is 7-4 so far this year. So it's been a very good bucket for us continuing. Now, this game is also an agreement by our two predictive slash preventative models. Agreements between those are now 12 and 6. They agree on Green Bay. Now, the dogs on that, in uh, just full transparency, are 3 and 0, and the faves are 9 and 6. So the dogs are the better spot than the fave, but you're still hitting 66%. So, and overall, I expect that to even out eventually once we get more data into it. But either way, you're winning. And inside of that, if you look at preseason expectations, Green Bay over-under was 7.5, the exact same as Carolina. So that explains the pick'em line in May. Mm. Now the Packers are going to finish right at expectations, maybe a half game above or below, basically even money. So let's just, let's just call it what it is. Let's just say even. Carolina, even if they went out, which I don't think they are, hot sports opinion. Probably not. But if... All the pedos from Epstein's list are arrested tomorrow. The Biden boys get thrown in prison and Paige Spearnet comes and sits in my face all before Sunday. Then anything is possible. So let's just say that they do. Let's say they went out. That puts them at five wins. That's a five-point downgrade from preseason expectations, which make this, makes this line make sense. I'm not giving Carolina anything for home field at this point. There was zero people at their game last week. They're and, at church. And Green Bay plays outside, so they don't give a fuck about that. So it's not the value that I love here in this spot. It's the it's not the value, it's the spot. So Green Bay fighting for the playoff lives. Carolina coming off their second and most likely last win of the season. We don't have to look too far back to find this situation for a reference. Week 17 last year, the Texans coming off their second and final win of the season. Played a sub-500 team fighting for their playoff lives in Jacksonville. Or Jacksonville was in Houston, but, I mean, Jacksonville was the team and Jacksonville sub-500, just like Green Bay. And they were three-and-a-half-point home dogs, so basically the same. And they lost 31-3. to So, yeah, I think that... Could definitely happen. Yeah, I think the Packers <laughs> go in there and beat the ever-loving shit out of the hapless... Panthers, I know Green Bay's defense has been struggling, but the Panthers can't score the ball versus you and I, so I don't think that fucking matters. I think Green Bay scores, I don't know, 20 points, and they win 20 to 10, and they cover. Like, Man, that'd be, I actually would be surprised if they scored 20. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, what are the what are you showing on tickets and, and um, cash splits? Because I'm showing tickets on Green Bay, cash on Carolina. 
Let's see. Pull them up. Which is something I always like to look for and something that always kind of at least yeah. puts, a, puts a check mark. We're so far different on this. I'll show 84 and 91 everything on the Packers. <sighs> yeah. Well, well, for, that, that's been the story on this particular website pretty much the whole season on the favorites, and you've seen what the favorites have done. So, yeah, well, look, it's, gonna... it's, it's just not – to me, this is not the spot for Carolina. Again, coming off that win, I mean – they don't have spots. I mean, they just Well, that's know. not true. We've called that, both. Right. That we've literally called both their wins. But this is a spot for Green Bay to get right and move Definitely. on towards their fucking playoff hopes and dreams. Yeah, tread lightly, people. It's just I'm making a call. I I kind of like – I, you know, you talked about at the beginning that you're using, you know, uh, kind of the, the metrics of what teams were versus what they are and kind of what they're going to project over the last three weeks. I'm going to look more at motivation, and um, and I'm looking for quit. I'm looking for quit, and I'm looking for who's not quitting. And like I said – Well, there's no hand- way you think Green Bay is going to quit. Their coach is really fucking good. Well, they did they're last not, week, not- and they're hurt. So, it, you know, the defense quit. They they were there. If you watch that game, there was no effort. They they were quitting on defense. Now, I don't know what's – you know, maybe that was just a one-game quit, and, and they'll get it back together, but – it didn't look good. It did not look good. Now they they are still in the race, so there's no reason for them to quit at yeah. all. There's, there's no reason. There's none. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's just a call. It could go wrong, and we'll see what happens. All right, moving on. Houston Texans. They are two and a half point home dogs. Those Cleveland Browns. And this one was another one on. Let's see. I think I talked. Yeah, because I've got Cleveland plus eight and a half on a teaser. I'm pretty sure I talked about that on Monday. So now you're in a situation where another game that is flipped completely the other way. Yeah, so Stroud is most likely not to play. So right. That so was now a flip. You, so now you got to make a decision, or I got to make a decision. Uh, do I trust Houston enough at home to take them up to uh, the eight and a half on the on the flip side and get another middle? Um, and I think the fact that I'm going to do it. And what's going to push me that way is the way Cleveland's defense has played on the road. It has just not been good. I've been talking about this for about a month. They are allowing, at home, 13 points a game, which is the best in the league. On the road, they're allowing 30 points a game, which is the worst in the league. I don't know what's going on there because defense should travel. But for whatever, we're deep in the season now, and it's not. Um, So, you know. It's just a thing at this point. Yeah. So, no, I don't. I don't. (laughs) It took a miracle for Houston to um, to oh get – I mean, that was just – so I don't necessarily trust, you know, that quarterback, but I do trust – you know, I talked about last week that we're going to see a lot about um, – what's the coach's name for Houston? I always, I always have a brain fart on his name. Um, oh, fuck. Whatever. We're, we're going to learn a lot about how he can motivate and rally this team with all the injuries that they were dealing with. And you know what? They fought. They didn't give up. Even when they were down most of the game, they kept fighting, kept fighting. So – that's a team I want to back. That's a team I certainly want to tease up. Um, you, you know, so ah, I'm not going to – I can't pull the trigger on any kind of like sounder, although I probably should, but I certainly will tease up Houston and uh, love to hear what you have to say on this game. Yeah, I like the teaser idea there for sure. Uh, no call by the numbers. There are no buckets here. Look, Cleveland's in one of the best spots on one of our defensive predictive models uh, for favorites, so – that's that's been pretty fucking lights out so far. Uh, if you look at the May line, 
it was Cleveland minus three and a half, so that's a point above where it's at now. Coming into the season, Cleveland over-under was nine. So they've already met expectations, which means more likely than not they will exceed them. But Houston has obviously exceeded expectations, so you could argue that Houston has exceeded them more. Therefore, they should you know, have the upgrade, and the downgrade in this line is accurate, or actually even short. But the only reason why they have exceeded expectations isn't playing in this game. So I would argue this line should be at least three and a half, if not more. Uh, so from that perspective, Cleveland is a hell of a discount, I think, under a field goal. Now, since Flacco took over in Cleveland, which was week 13, the offense has gotten a little bit better, but it's still far from good. 22 in EPA success rate. And whose offense? But do you know whose offense is worse in that time frame? Houston. 28th in EPA success rate. Now, Houston's defense has jumped tremendously lately here in the se- in late in the season. And they are the reason why they won that game versus the Titans. It obviously wasn't the fucking quarterback. He was horrible. Their sixth EPA in, in success rate in that time frame, Houston's defense is. And Cleveland's defense has, obvi- has honestly slipped from their earlier success. But you know who's still fifth in EPA success rate, even though they're not more number one anymore? It's still Cleveland, one slot ahead of Houston. And if you look at the schedule during that stretch, Cleveland played at the Rams, who's currently in the playoffs, Jacksonville, who's currently winning the division, and yes, last week were the Bears versus the Bears, who, yeah, they barely beat on the scoreboard, but they kicked the ever-loving shit out of them in the box score, which I think is leading to some of that discount here, in my opinion. Houston, during that stretch, has played Denver at home, not currently in the playoffs, shitty Jets, and that was with Stroud, and they got their asses kicked, and then the Titans, who they're not making the playoffs either. So even against lesser competitions, Houston is still worse metrically than Cleveland. So I get the offense and the defense that's playing at a higher level, and I'm laying less than a field goal with the better team talent-wise overall by far. I don't think you would argue with me on that, right? No, not with the not with all the injuries they got on going on with Houston. So, yeah, give me the Browns. They won me money last week. I'm riding them again, so let's go fucking Flacco. Don't fuck me in the ass. This would be a good um, fiddle in the middle spot, taking Cleveland and then teasing up Houston, but uh, it's on a um, a uh, secret probation. Not allowed Not allowed to do it because it doesn't win. So, But this would be the one. Well, I love your idea, though. To, you got Houston – or you got Cleveland one way eight and taking Houston the other way eight. I mean – yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Flacco's going down there and blowing them out. But I mean, again, I get I get the better team playing better late in the year, and I don't even have to lay a field goal. I know it's on the road, but man, it's fucking Case Keenum. Like, yeah, I I, I got to go Browns, man. I have yeah, to. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how that um, that defense does against um, just on the road. The, the defense defenses in general in this game, like. Can Cleveland play defense on the road, and can this patchwork offensive line for Cleveland hold up to that? Um, you know that swarming. <laughs> can't believe we're, they've been swarming all year. The swarming defense of the Houston defensive line—they just fucking keep coming. All right, unless they're playing the Jets. All right, moving on. Yeah. Uh, those Seattle Seahawks—they are two and a half point road favorites over those Tennessee go. Fuck yourselves, Titans. Road fucking favorites. 
I don't fucking think so. Hit that sounder. This is definitely a spot for Tennessee at home. Uh, just another another easy call for me. Sure to go wrong. Seattle coming off a prime time. Massive fucking storm the field type win. And Tennessee got embarrassed uh, at home with giving up that win in a game that they you know tried to poke the opponent by wearing their uniform. Just... Just come on, man. Just, just you can't do that. We got a short week and travel for Seattle. You know, uh, what's you know what the quarterback news is in this one for um, most you, likely going to be Drew Locke. No, the other team. Um, oh, Tennessee. I, I I think that the that your boy Levi's is expected to play. Okay. Well, look, I like it either way. Uh, but if there's a chance that you can get a uh, Tannehill, just you know, classic. At the end of the career, come back and get you a home win. Uh, but but either way, I like I love Tennessee here. Love them plus the points. Love them teased up. Love them to win outright. I just love them every which way. All right, the numbers are on Tennessee here. The buckets are on Seattle. Uh, but this is going to be the do no wrong teaser of the week. Six and a half point teaser. I want Tennessee up to nine. I want the under teased up to forty eight. That's really the only play I have on this one. Like, Seattle has me thoroughly confused at this point. But I don't like going against Rabel as a dog. So I'm just going to try to go get it with no Wong, baby. I got to ask why we're doing the six and a half. And lay an extra extra deuce to get to what number? Nine. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There's no rules. There's no Wong, baby. All right. Fair enough. Not at all. Trying to remember if I wrote now. That, that is an extra 10 or 20 cents of juice. To 10 do cents. 10 cents, yeah. Right. I mean, you can go six and go. Um, isn't 48 a key number? Or is it 49? 47 is a key number. 48 is a key number. I mean, like, that's in that range. And it's, I mean, what's in a low scoring game, if you can get 47 and a half, that's, that's, a, that's fine. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm officially calling six and a half. If you want to save your dime, then go six, but. Officially putting in six and a half. All right. Do no long. All right, moving on. Oh, it's those New York J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. And they're hosting those shitty Washington Redskins, and they are three-point home favorites. Oh, my God. Is this not the obvious hello corner <laughs> TV game? Who the fuck is going to be watching this one? Not You've been me. a little light on these this year sir yeah i know i know uh because i'm trying to give the nfl the benefit of the doubt but um they keep with just winning all the favorites then i'm gonna make the whole goddamn slate of hello corner TV game. <laughs> how about that you you go get some fucking dogs winning putting the whole like goddamn that? fucking league in the corner you uh, like that <laughs> i don't even know who's playing quarterback for either team i don't care these are two teams that are quitting probably well one coach is definitely fired Maybe the other coach that's fired. We'll see how that works out with Aaron Rodgers and what he decides. Um, as far as the game, I usually love taking a team coming off an embarrassing loss like the Jets did. But I also like taking teams. I like taking two bad teams matched up and one of them is getting three points or more. So I've got conflicting you know, things here in a game that I do not care about. So I'm completely passed. Just take the home team in a straight up uh, pick them. All right, no call up on the numbers. The buckets, there are none. Now, the Jets are in one of the best spots on our predictive algorithms. The Jets are coming off, like you said, an embarrassing shutout. 
Last week was the week for the Skins. I talked about it on the podcast. Off a of bye versus a team with a bad defense that they could actually score the ball on. And they did so shitty on offense that they pulled their quarterback. Who, by the way, is still going to be their starting quarterback this year, this week. Hmm. But here's what really blew me away. Coach Rivera said he pulled him to protect him from the Rams' pass rush. The Rams had one fucking sack. And they suck at rushing the pass. They're bottom third in the league in sack percentage. What a fucking joke. He is a... God, what a... I mean, the league has to... He's He should never... And I, I don't like it's People can get their jobs, whatever. But he should never coach in the league again. Uh, at he any, won't. Any this spot, is it. Any yeah, spot. This is it. Yeah, he's just a terror. Like, like, and, and I'm protecting him. From the passwords, Brissett comes in there just throwing fucking literally immediately scores fucking twenty points. I mean, God, just fucking don't he just don't just don't even answer the question then. Just, just don't insult our fucking intelligence. Just either lie and make it a believable lie, or just say I'm not answering these questions and just walk off. Yeah. Well, against a terrible pass rush, he had to protect him. Well, the Jets are top ten in sack percentage. Top five in hits percentage and press percentage. So if little Sammy needed to be saved from that shitty Rams pass rush, he might need a goddamn Navy SEAL rescue squad to get him out of New Jersey alive. And on the flip side of that, the Skins defense is a fucking abomination. 32 in EPA per play since week 12. 31st in DVOA for the season. So I don't even care if it's Wilson or Seaman. The Skins had their moment. They came out flat as fuck. The Jets just got embarrassed. And this is the ultimate get-right spot. Since 2014, teams coming off a game where they scored three points or less on six days rest, so short rest or less, playing a non-division game, 43-18-1 ATS with a plus 3.43 ATS margin. The Jets, since week nine, are the number nine EPA per play defense. So even the second half of the year, they've still fought and been really, really fucking good. They are number three in success rate. So they've been elite the second part of the year. The Skins have played one defense better than that in that time frame, and that was Miami. And they scored 15 points at home, and that was with 10 days of fucking rest. So yeah, it is fucking Jets or pass for me here. Yeah, when you got a t- you got a team going nowhere and you're this late in the season, when you know these defensive players for the Jets, this is a lick your chops opportunity because at any point you can get a sack, at any point you can get an interception because he's definitely going to throw it up. So you know, in in a against Miami, when you know that you're good, they're getting rid of the ball in in two point two seconds, and you're not going to get sacks, and you're running around chasing these these uh, athletic wide receivers. That's a good like fuck this. We're this ain't worth it. And that's why they got to be third nothing. But in this game, you know you're getting chances. You're gonna get motivated. This is Pat statting season. So yes, the Jets suck. They're not going anywhere. But they're they're still playing for contracts. And this is an opportunity. At least know. half of their side of the fucking team is still playing hard. There is no part of the fucking Redskins at this point that's playing hard. Right. And and you know maybe look at some uh, defensive touchdown. Props for the Jets. Um, see what that's paying out. I mean, don't be surprised if there's a. It's usually, it's usually around plus 700, 750, somewhere around in there. I, I wouldn't mind that in this game. Nope, wouldn't either. All right, moving on. It's those old Minnesota Vikings. And they are three point 
consensus home dogs to those Detroit Lions. Yeah, I talked about the Lions getting healthy on the defensive side of the ball and in the back in the offensive line. So I feel like we're going to get more of the old Lions here instead of the uh, the Lions that were scuffling there in the in the um, third quarter of the season. And they are in a three way tie with Philly and the Cows at ten and four. So these three te- these three teams are playing. You know, to get that two seed and be the the you know the last team that has to go to San Francisco and play that that road game in in the likely NFC Championship game. Um, so it's a golf going to a ro- a road game, but but indoors in a dome. So I just I just think that you know you talked about Mullins and, and what he is or isn't. Uh, I just it feels like the spot for Detroit getting healthy at the end of the year. And making a last, uh, you know, surge into the playoffs. What do you got? Yep. So the numbers are on Minnesota here. Because, again, Minnesota's not been a bad football team, people. They just have not been a bad football team. Um, But there are no buckets. Now, Minnesota on the spring line was minus one in this game. So four points of a downgrade here. Look, that doesn't seem like enough for Minnesota going from Cousins to McMullins. Both of these teams have performed two expectations so far. So really, that's the only downgrade. And I think it's at least a point too short. I think the number screams Detroit. I think the spot screams Detroit. So yeah, it's, it's lines are passed for me here. Could be getting McNeil back on the defensive line for Detroit. Could be getting uh, C.J. Gardner. Oh, I heard one. What was it said about Ragnall? Yeah, and Ragnall, he was back. Yeah, so they're just getting healthy. So their offense with and without Ragnall, it, it, it's something significant. I can't remember if it was EPA or what it was, but it was basically he's like the most valuable center uh, almost in the history of football mm-hmm. just for this season from the time he wasn't in to the time he was in. Now, it could be situational, opponent, bubble. It could be a lot of coincidence in that, but it don't fucking, it don't fucking hurt is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I just I just like the fact that you know McNeil and Garner Johnson they might play uh, two additions back on that defense. That's not a great defense, but you know it was serviceable at least at the beginning of the year. So we'll see if they can get back to that. All right, moving on. It's those Tampa <clears throat> Bakers, and they are one point. Uh, we'll say one point consensus. It's still all over the place. I see a point, point and a half. I see a pick them. I see half a point. We'll say one. Even though the one is minus 105, so you're laying a little extra juice on the Jags on the plus one. So it's probably going to go towards two. If TL's announced out, I mean, I don't see how this line doesn't jump to over three. But anyway, that's where they're at versus those Jaguars. So it's Jacksonville plus one? Plus one. And then you think if TL gets announced official out, it's going to be Jacksonville plus three? Yes, and then late steam. I don't know where. I don't know where it'll push that fucking number to. You could you could be looking at a situation like the Seattle thing happened, where it's like, oh, Gino's yeah. on the warmups or he's active tonight, and then it like it drops, and all of a sudden like, oh no, Gino's not starting, and then it goes back to three and a half, back to four. That goddamn game closed at five and a half. All the money came in on Philly. There was a lot. Vegas cleaned the fuck up on that game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this feels like a classic fade Tampa Bay and fade Baker spot, um, but I just don't like that that TL situation. So, um, I'm gonna I would wait and 
if he's not cleared and it gets to plus three that you say it will, I would I would lean to Jacksonville there. I'm not a big fan of the Jacksonville team. Um, but it's, it's if you're just, gonna wait on that, I was I would literally say, I mean, as late as you can wait to the opening fucking tip, like because there, I'm telling, you, there's no telling where this number would finish. So wait for every half a fucking point you can. Yeah, it could get to that crucial three and a half. If, you know. if it gets, <clears throat> if it gets to three, or if it gets to three and a half, it it might not stop till it gets like in that dead zone to the five, five and a, just like the Seattle game did. Yeah, yeah, I don't have much on this. It's just a classic, you know, uh, fade Tampa spot coming off that road win at Green Bay where they just balled out and played maybe one of their better games of the year. So. Um, you know, neither one of these teams can afford, you know, a loss down here at the end of the the season. They're both in dog fights in the division. So, uh, I just, I, I don't have, help me out. What do you got on this? Where, where are you leaning? Well, the numbers are split. There's no call in the buckets. Look, Jacksonville was a four point favorite in May. They're one point dog or pick here, depending on where you can get it. So four to five point downgrade. For TL is right by the numbers, but look, man, I've watched a lot of Jacksonville football this year, and I don't think that's right. I don't think it's nearly enough. This kid literally carries, and Longhorn is, he said it in the preseason, he said it several times during the season, they're just not a very talented football team. So without him, I mean, they might be the fucking Cardinals or worse. I, I just don't think they're good at all. So if Trevor Lawrence plays... I think I'll be on Jacksonville. If he's out, I can't do anything but bet Tampa Bay. But I, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna bet Tampa Bay, I think you got to grab it now. You just you just, it's kind of like a bowl game where maybe the guy's in the portal, maybe he's not, or he's in the portal, but he still might play. You just got to make a decision, man, on on Tampa Bay. Now you can wait on Jacksonville, like I said, you wait till fucking eleven fifty eight and put in your fucking bet on Jacksonville. And I definitely would do that if I'm gonna bet Jacksonville if he's announced out. But if if I'm leaning to Tampa, then you you just got to grab it now, man. You have to grab this number right fucking now. Uh, And, again, you might get fucked, and Trevor Lawrence might play, and they go in there and they beat Tampa Bay because I think they would if he did play, if he's at least half fucking conscious. Uh, But, again, that's just – that's called gambling for a reason, so. You can buy out of it. You can Yeah, you can always buy out of it. You can always buy out of it. But yeah, if you if you're gonna want to bet Tampa Bay, I would say do it right fucking now because it, it's not gonna be at this one one and a half bullshit uh, if he's not there. I promise you that. Tampa's getting sneaky healthy, by the way. Been talking about them for seems they're, like they've been. They're, yeah, they're a team on the come. They really yeah. are, and and everything's starting to break. Like that win at Green Bay, which I never thought they would get. Uh, thank God I didn't. I, I mean, I was a breath away from putting Green Bay in Survivor, a breath mm. away. Mm. Thank God I didn't, but. That win right there, which, again, I never thought they would get, has actually set them up for really the best path. I think they're like 60% now odds on favorite to win that division because of that win. Before then, they were like 20%. Because, again, they weren't supposed to win that game. It's a classic letdown spot for Baker. Um, And now you're getting a Jacksonville team without, you know, the only player that fucking matters on that whole shitty team. So, I mean – the breaks can't get any better for this fucking Tampa Bay team. They just can't. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, one of the games of the week. Those my hammer Dolphins. One and a half point, and it has been fucking stuck right here. Home favorites over those Dallas Cowboys. Uh, 
Yeah, I've been I've been struggling with this game for for most of the week since the Lions popped, and we talked about this on Monday. I I'm eventually just gonna land on Dallas here. I'm gonna make the call. Go ahead and hit the sounder. They're they're they are underdogs. I think they win this game, and you know you got two teams that are they're basically the same team. They're bullies against bad teams, and they struggle with good teams. Well, you know now they're playing now they're playing each other. So who who do you take? Um, and I did what pushed it's like me, that Spider Man meme. We're all pointing yeah. at each other. Yeah. So what pushed me to <laughs> Dallas in this spot was the fact that they just—they're the ones coming off the embarrassment. They're the ones that, even though their situations are similar, they're—they—it feels like they're the more desperate team. And you know, uh, Miami's coming off that huge blowout win, feeling good about themselves against against the Jets. You know, I, I'm teasing up Dallas. I'm taking Dallas. Uh, you know, to, to win the game. And I, but I don't like the fact that it looks like Martin's not going to play. And now Tyron Smith has popped up on the um, injury list. Wait, so which, which Smith is this? The good one. The, okay. the, the number one PF tackle, PFF tackle in the league. Like it's, and, and we've, we've seen what Dallas is with. Or is it Tyron? Is it two Tyron? Tyron. Yeah. It's Tyron and, Whatever the other, the guard, what is this? No, the tag, the other tackle. Is no, this... he plays guard. 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 No, Tyron. They're you know all pro. So the tackle. one that matters. No, the yes, one. the one that he's just like Ragnow, like is for the the Detroit. Like when 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 Tyler Tyron's out, it Tyler's what the other guy's name is. But when Tyron's out, Tyler Smith. That's right. Now he's not. He's not like it's not a for sure thing. I think they said it was a back that creeped up midweek. So it's always a back. I know. So I don't like. I don't like that. That worries me. But the line hasn't ticked on that, and um, so maybe he's maybe it's something they can just shoot him up and he'll play. We'll, we'll know more by Sunday, obviously on on his situation. Uh, but I'm just, I got to make a call. It's Wednesday night. We're doing the pod. Comes out on Thursday. We got to make a call. And um, and give me those cows, the desperate cows, to um, to pull this out. And if you look at Miami's schedule, I meant to pull this up before. Why don't you go ahead and I'll pull up Miami's remaining schedule. All righty. Uh, the numbers here are split. Uh, the buckets are on Miami. So I'll start this off with this. Uh, since 2012, home favorites coming off three straight opponents that have losing records. And they won as home favorites. The week before, you would think, ah, you know, probably not good in that fourth game. Now, 22-0 straight up, winning by 16 points per game, 17-4-1 ATS, covering by almost 10 points per game. Now, you take all that and add in the fact that the team that you're playing this week has a 70% win percentage or better, it's 4-0 straight up, winning by 29 points per game, 4-0 ATS, covering by 24 points per game. So also dig some digging around around teams fourteen or around teams week fourteen or later that have average margin above zero after three quarters. In other words, it's late in the season and on average you're winning all year going to the fourth quarter, and you have a third down percentage of more than forty two, which is top ten in the league. So this would be the cows. So really good team late in the season. So you're not a phony. Good like you're a really good team. And your road dog of six or less against the cows, three and nine straight up, and and ATS with a negative six ATS margin since 2020, 
The Cows fell into this last week also, by the way. Overall, uh, I think the number's right. I know our power rankings do show some value on the Dolphins here, but if you look back the preseason overrunner, both these teams were 9.5, and, and this line in May was Miami minus 2.5. Both teams have already exactly exceeded expectations to this point. So these teams are better than what we thought, what Vegas thought, but they're better equally. So the line really should still be Miami minus 2.5, which is why the power rankings show value here. But... Dallas has had these slightly, and I do mean slightly, harder schedule, 29th easiest in the league compared to Miami's 31st easiest in the league. So that's really what makes this number right. Now, as far as inside the matchup, what does Dallas do best? They throw the ball. Second best drop back EPA success rate since week nine. So second half of the year. I've cut the first half of the year out at this point. So since the second half of the year, they've been the second best team at doing it. They do equally well versus man or zone. Does not matter. What does Miami do best on offense? They run it. Eighth best in EPA, success, uh, rushing success rate again since week nine. Now on the defensive side, what does Miami do best? Well, they actually defend the run the best, actually. They are the number one EPA success rushing defense. And Dallas stinks at running the ball. So they're going to be stifled there once again. But in addition to that, Miami is the number three EPA drop back success rate defense in the league. So Dallas isn't going to have an easy time throwing the ball either. On the defensive side for Dallas, they stink at both, actually, since week nine. Drop back success rate, 20th. Rushing success rate, 29th. Translation, just like last week, Miami's going to be able to get whatever they want on the ground. And if they choose to throw it, they'll find success there too. But even inside of that, the matchup advantage for Miami. Longhorn, what coaching tree did Coach Logic come from? San Francisco. Yep. He's actually been with Shanty since his days in Atlanta. And Kyle Shanahan versus Mike McCarthy, for what's it's worth, 3-2 and two straight up, 4-1 ATS. The last three matchups versus Dallas, Dallas has scored 17, 12, and 10. Now, I understand Coach Logic is the offensive coach, but do you honestly think for one second that was San Francisco trying to get the number one spot and set Dallas up for failure so they have to come back to San Francisco in that division round and get their asses waxed once again? That Shanty didn't have his defensive coaching staff make a phone call or two to Miami in the last couple of weeks and, I don't know, share some of that information on how to shut down this Cal offense? I'd be willing to bet there was a Zoom meeting or two to go over some whiteboard stuff. Look, like you said, overall both these teams are paper tigers, but Miami is trending up in the one area that really matters, and I always see offense matters more than defense, but come playoff time, if you're a team that can already score the ball, the area trending up the most important, we've seen it with Kansas City last year, defense. Dallas has been trending down for a while now on that. As long as Miami can avoid the turnovers and all the bullshit, they should win this game. Now, I like your teaser idea. I do expect this to be closer than last week because, quite frankly, the league will make sure that it is. Do not be surprised when Miami gets hit with more than their share of holding calls early on in this game. It's not a joke, <clears throat> especially if Dallas is not moving the ball. I actually bet the under 10 in the first quarter on this game. Look, if the Cows come out and move the ball, obviously I'm fucked. But if they go three and out in their first possession – the refs will take care of Miami for me. 
So overall, it is fins or pass for me here. I do expect it to be a good football game, not not the blowout like we saw. So it's fins or pass, and I ain't fucking passing. I just can't get that. I can't get that Tennessee game out of my out of my brain. What what Miami did, you know, and um, this is three straight games at home um, for. Wait, where was the Jets game at? Was that was where it, was it? in Miami? Yeah, so this is three straight at home for Miami. So, you know, maybe there's a lot of partying going on and they got that Miami flu, even though they're the home team. But yeah, I just I just can't you might be right. It might be it might be a spot that Miami just kind of controls them and gets this win. Um uh, and and they better because the last three games for Miami are this game against the Cows at Baltimore and they finish back at home against the Buffalo Bills, which, you know, if they slip up in one of these Cows or Ravens games, and that that could be for the division. So um yeah, it's it's a yeah. I like I like to tease up for the Cows way, way more than I like the um the, the Dallas Did I, I get did. the sounder? You did. Okay, yeah. I like it I like to tease up way better than the sounder. Uh, a lot of things you said make a lot of sense. Um but I like the Cal Caesar here way better than I liked it last week because I could see that as a possibility. I don't see Miami blowing Dallas out. I don't see that. Yeah. All right. All right, moving on. Those Chicago Bears. They are fuck me. Four point home favorites over those Arizona fighting midgets. Yeah, I know I, I think we both got Arizona and Chicago on season under is that is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah. So this is somebody's getting. We need a, fuck- a tie, baby. Yeah, oh man, God, a fucking tie would be amazing. Um, I am leaning towards Arizona in this one. I just think that the midget is going to find. Uh, by the way, I, I almost did a video of it. He did a fucking scramble last week against San Fran. His the midget shovel is so perfect. His legs go a million miles an hour, and his fuck, <laughs> and his big giant oversized head helmet that's way too big for his body. It just doesn't move, and it looks like a fucking cartoon. He's it just the magic shovel is perfect. Um, I just figure he's gonna find a way to get twenty to twenty four points, and if they can do that, I don't see any way they don't cover. Um, I do like the way the Bears defense has been playing lately, but you know, it's it's um. Their offense is not good. You know, Fields is not good. It, it's not a good team overall. Neither one of these teams are good overall. And like I said before, when you got two bad teams. Hot sports opinion. <laughs> when you got two bad teams and one of them's getting over three points, I like those. I like that team getting the points. So, yeah, give me uh, give me Arizona here. Yeah, I see it at four and a half at a couple different books. A little extra juice on that, though. So It was four and a half on Monday when I gave it out on Monday also. So Yeah, this is no call by the numbers. There are no buckets. Uh Pass on this game for me. I hope they tie. Me too. All right, let's go to Denver where those Broncos. Oh, lay in the wood for a team that can't score the ball. Six and a half points over those <laughs> those New England Patriots. Uh-oh, well, um, and we knew it would happen at, at some point this year. This is the classic Longhorn did, like, missed a game. Um, so we're going to do a handicap on the fly here. Why not stick with my Patriots? Um <laughs> I mean, it's worked so well for me this year. I've got the uh, the six pack of losses from them in the super contest. Tell me the line again. Six and a half. And they are the home team. They are the road dog. A road 
dog. Um, oh God, Denver's coming off that embarrassing loss. There was barking between the the coach and the quarterback. I don't. Who, who's who's going to play quarterback for New England? Is it, they still going with the Zap Man? Oh yeah, Bailey Zappy. Yeah, you know what? I know you're gonna. You're just gonna. You're gonna talk your shit. I'm gonna force you to take New England. So give me Denver. I want Denver, and I want. I'm gonna make you take New England. Go ahead. Well, I don't have to take New England because the numbers are split on this one. The no, buckets okay. are on Denver. So damn it, damn it. Uh, but that it that is a half that is a half a unit on uh, the Longhorn Lock of the Week to take the Patriots. So I literally missed this one, in my, and I have no write up on this. I, Whoops. Look, here's my write-up on this. we got three weeks left of the season. I quit spending money on New England a long time ago. I am quitter. not starting back now. What a quitter. But I don't really want to lay this many points with Denver, uh, to be honest. But gun to my head, yeah, it had to be Denver or pass. I mean, they're still trying to play for a playoff. I don't know what the fuck the Patriots are playing for. Like I said last week, Belichick's fired. They all fucking know it, so... Yeah, I don't. They played hard. I will say this: they played, they played hard last week. They're just not a very good team. They're just not a very good football team. Yeah. But I mean, Denver can't score the ball, and their defense is good. Mm. So you know, that's that's the thing. Is like that. That's really the the recipe for really kind of blowing them out. Is you got to be able, you got to be good at scoring the fucking football. And Denver is terrible at scoring the football. Well, they do live off the turnover too, and so if you're, you know, if you're living off the turnover and you're playing a limited offense and a quarterback that will throw you the ball, that could be a recipe for a success. Shut your goddamn horse mouth, <laughs> oh. by my boy Bailey Zappy. No, he fucking threw that game away from me. <laughs> Fuck him. All right, so that's officially. Half a unit on New England on the Longhorn Lock of the Week. All right, moving on to Christmas Day. We We will report back on Monday. All right, (laughs) moving on, those Kansas City Chiefs. Ten-point home favorites over those Las Vegas Raiders. And this does officially get us to the Christmas Day games, right? It does. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, hey, hey, guys. Um, So, listen, I've got a, a working theory here. I, I think I want to treat these thing these Christmas Day games kind of like the Thanksgiving Day games, and um, I want to see even though even though it goes against what I would normally do because I would normally just take the Raiders here. Raiders plus ten division. Kansas City does not fucking get margin in these type games, but with it being a special holiday game and on Turkey Day, we see all the favorites blow everybody out all the time. So let's carry that over. Give me Kansas City to fucking win with margin against the Raiders and see how that works. What do you got? All right, the numbers are on Las Vegas. The buckets, though, however, are in Kansas City. I'm not going against the buckets for a poverty offense like Las Vegas. I do not, but I do have a bet on this game, and I will give it out later. Okay. All right, moving on. It's those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. 12-point. Consensus home favorites of those New York football giants. Yeah, game two on Christmas Day. The first one I do not feel good about laying the points with Kansas City. Uh, but this one I do feel good about laying the points with Philly. Um, you know, that bu- bubble has bursted. You know, you got to ride these waves. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, nothing stays good forever. Nothing stays bad forever. But you got to know when to jump on and off. I missed it last week. 
Uh, Philly coming off all these losses in a row. Quarterback was sick last week. This is a good chance to finish their season on a um, on a run against teams that are not good and kind of get healthy going into the postseason. They need some they need some wins and some feel good moments to uh, to to go into this stretch run and to carry into the playoffs because. Quite honestly, they have not looked good for quite a while now, even when they were winning games. So this is a good opportunity to flex a little bit against a New York Giants team uh, that has basically a third-string quarterback that the Magic has run out on. So give me Philly in Game 2 on Christmas Day to get the win in the cover. Oh, no, Tommy Cutlets, what happened? Hey, yo, man? it's me, Tommy Deeb. I run. I ran out of the, the TDs. They're no more. <laughs> They're gone. All right, numbers on this one are on the Giants. Buckets, though, are on Philly. Again, I'm not going against the Buckets for a poverty offense like the Giants. I do have a bet on this game, though, that I will give out later. So Fantastic. All right, moving on. It's Monday Night Football, and it is the game of the week. It is those San Francisco 49ers hosting the Baltimore Ravens in what could be a Super Bowl preview, and they are five-and-a-half-point home favorites. Which makes it the Danger Zone game of the week. You said it all right there. This is the game that everybody will be watching. I cannot wait to watch this game. It is a Super Bowl preview matchup. Uh, if I had to put in a, you know, a matchup, this would be it. I mean, and it would be the favorite, obviously. So it's not like it's not like I'm calling a long shot there. But uh, Lamar, as a dog, we know that's his spot. Eleven and two. The rush defense for San Francisco has been showing some holes. Baltimore likes to run the ball, and even though they, even though they did lose that that um, running back, I think he's from East Carolina. Uh, is that right, East Carolina? Uh, last week, it that that hurts. But as we've seen, they lost they lost um, Dobbins. Dobbins, they lost whatever his name is. Yeah, they lost Dobbins. They lost. I mean, they just they just kind of replaced. They're a good running team. Period. A second round fantasy pick. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he never plays, so maybe don't draft him anymore. He's he's always hurt. Shame uh, on me. And, and not only is this the is this a Super Bowl preview matchup, this is a MVP type. It's an MVP race. Like these are the top two of the three. Loser leave fucking town. It's just it's just fucking great and 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 if I'm if I got a game this great and the Super Bowl preview, give me the points. I'm taking the free points. I actually bought is it is current line five? Uh it's five and a half consensus. Okay, I'm showing five right now, but when it was at five and a half, I actually bought this up to six. It's a cheap buy to six. So if you're sitting on five and a half and you do like Baltimore like I do, take that cheap buy up to six. It's a semi key number. Um, it's not seven or three or anything, but it's it's one of those um, after seven and three key numbers. I just I just think this is a close game. It's come down right to the end. I think it's a sneaky over game. Like I think this, I think if we could get fifty to sixty points in this game, even though these are two good defenses. I just think uh, I think this could go. We're gonna have a great Christmas night. This is gonna be a great game to watch, and I can't wait. Yeah, this will be the first. Monday night football game that I will actually sit down and watch uh, this entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The numbers back you up. They're on Baltimore. The buckets back you up. They're on Baltimore. Yeah. There is literally nothing magically that can justify this number. It's too fucking high, period. Too high. But I do have this. Home favorites are six or less with the same trend that I gave out on the cows earlier. 14 and 7 straight up and ATS with a plus six ATS margins. There is that. But Jarn Harbaugh, you said it, since Lamar has been their starter, now, inside of just being a dog, when they are road dogs to a team with a 70% or better win percentage, so road dogs to a good team, 5-0 and ATS with a plus 7.8 ATS margin. And that's an average line of plus 6, so right about where this line is. 2-3 and three straight up, though, so, you know, losing but covering. Now, these two teams are two points apart in our power rankings. That makes it four, you know, for San Fran at home. So this line is just too fucking high. And that two points really isn't even two points because, you know, San Fran has had the 25th easiest schedule this season. And Baltimore's had the 15th. The closest defense that San Fran has played this season, while at full strength, so with Debo, was Cleveland. And we called the San Francisco straight-up loss in that game. Since the bye week... So week 10, I re-ranked the defense from week 10 till now. San Francisco has played the 25th, 28th, twice, 29th, 24th, and 32nd ranked EPA success rate defenses. Baltimore is 13th during that time. So San Francisco has beaten the shit out of a lot of fucking tomato can defenses. (laughs) Now Baltimore in that same time period hasn't faced murderers row on defense either. But the best ones they did face was the Rams, who ranked ninth in that time period. And they put up 37 points against them a couple weeks ago. Now, that was with overtime, so 31 in regulation. And as far as offense goes in that time period, San Francisco is the number one EPA offense. But Baltimore is number three. And Baltimore is number one in offense rushing success rate. San Fran's number two. So there's not a lot of separation there. However, the one thing that's keeping me from hammering Baltimore is they are 31st in this time period, so week 10 and on, and defensive success, defensive rushing success rate. Now, San Francisco isn't good either. They're 17th, but Baltimore has been absolutely terrible versus the run in the second half of the year. You saw that against the Rams, and that usually spells disaster against San Fran. And to couple with that, the fact that Purdy has 133 rating versus man coverage and Baltimore plays 55% man, that's not great either. But Lamar is even man and zone, so it really doesn't matter. He doesn't have a better side throwing either way when it comes to passing. But obviously being a running quarterback, he prefers man covering with blitzing. That opens up holes for him to run. And, you know, when the defenders have their back to him in man coverage, you know, he gets extra yards on that. Well, only Minnesota plays more zone than San Fran. They play it almost exclusively, 71%, and they almost never blitz. 20% blitz rate. That's tied for third least in the league. In fact, while digging through all these numbers, I found an almost identical comp to San Fran's style of defense, who the Ravens have already played this year. That was Indianapolis. Indianapolis plays a 70% zone. They blitz the very least amount in the NFL. In that game, Lamar did have a very big rushing day, but they were not efficient on offense. They only scored 19 points, and they lost. It's the only game, Longhorn, besides the first game of the season, 
that they didn't score over 30 at home. They scored 25 in game one versus the Texans, who, by the way, also play 70 percent zone and blitz the fourth least in the league. So the bottom line in this game for me, I'm not laying an inflated number against a head coach who knows how to win and especially knows how to cover in these spots. And I'm not going against the buckets. But San Francisco is absolutely constructed perfectly on defense to hold this Ravens offense in check. And the Ravens are fucking terrible against the one thing that San Francisco's entire offense is built around, and that's running the ball. So I can't back Baltimore either. Mm. If this line drops closer to three, then I'm probably all in on San Fran, or I am all in on San Fran. If not, I'm going to pass, and I'm going to be watching it, so hopefully I'll catch a good spot to bet this game live. I cannot fucking wait to watch this game, but this is just its a matchup fucking nightmare for Baltimore overall. I think Lamar is going to have to be extra special, which he obviously can be. They're going to have to get a couple of turnovers, uh, which San Fran's had a little bit of propensity for fumbling the ball, but Lamar fumbles like literally three times a game. So it, what, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding for Baltimore here. What's I think. the cash intake? Tickets and cash. Uh, it is sixty three, sixty three, 49ers both. Um, yeah, and I mean it sixty three. That's that's this ain't ticking down much. Then it ain't getting to three if it's only sixty three percent. So it's, well, it, it's early in the week, and we'll see. I think so. That that's the other thing too. I think I think the books hung this line knowing that if they hung it where it should because like i said numerically there is zero reason for this line to be that it's way too fucking high but they knew if they hung it where it should be which is around three they're gonna fucking hammer san francisco money this is gonna keep the san francisco money at bay i believe long enough for people to come in like oh all the fucking weekend joes are gonna come in and hammer baltimore They'll get that money coming in, and then the Sharps will come back on San Fran once the line drops to an acceptable fucking area. Like, I mean, if it was three, I would already put half of my shit on San Francisco already, just because of the matchup alone. But at five and a half, it's just that's way too many fucking points. That is way I cannot justify it. Oh, if it gets to three, then I've got a Baltimore plus six. I'll take a San Fran plus three. I'll I'll take that for sure. Minus three, yeah. Or yeah, minus three. Sorry. Yeah, I mean I. I mean, I think the the game lands like right there at four. I really do. I think San Francisco wins in the end. They they you know find a way. Lamar fucking you know does what he normally does in the fourth quarter and fumbles the fucking game away or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, loses yeah, the MVP, loses the MVP on the fumble. Yeah, I mean, and I and I was gonna be all over the Ravens here. I thought until I dug in and just found that like man, this is just like he's he's faced two defenses like this at home where they score they average like thirty points over thirty points a game. And he didn't do it either fucking time. Now you're on the road facing this defense, which is way better than Houston or Indy ever thought about being. Now they are getting leaky to your point. They've dropped over that time period over all their metrics. So they're not as good as they were to start the year. So you're absolutely right about that. But they're still way better than those two. And those two, just in that scheme alone, they just give Lamar fits. And the Ravens can't stop the fucking run. I mean, the Rams ran it right up their fucking ass. And that is all San Francisco is going to do. Yeah, same same scheme too. Um, we better get out of here. I think I hear Santa bringing Jessica Bill. Uh, he's getting closer and closer with naked Jessica Bill. Oh man, I hope it's Faith Spearnack. 
All right, boys and girls, that was all them wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Boys and girls, it's the time you've all been waiting for. It's time for those free and separate picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on, baby. All right. It is a ugly slate. I do not like it, but I am going to go with the NFL free pick, official free pick. Let's go Tennessee plus two and a half. I'd you know, much rather get that three. If you want to hold out, do it. Because if it goes to plus two, no big deal. But hold out and just see if you can catch that plus three and if it ticks back up to that. So, But we'll put it out officially at plus two and a half. Tennessee is the free pick in the NFL. What do you got? All right, college free pick of the week. Utah State minus two and a half. Utah State is fully committed to this game. The players that are left for Georgia State probably are two. But they lost their very, very best player, Marcus Carroll, running back. He's going to Mizzou. They lost their best wide receiver to Auburn. They lost their right tackle and best offensive lineman to Virginia Tech. And they lost their best cornerback to BC. All of those guys are going to have a chance to play on Sundays. They were a big part of what made this team as good as they were. Utah State on the other side is only losing one start of the transfer portal. On top of that, this game is in Boise, Idaho. It's the Potato Bowl. It's going to be 35 degrees and snowing. Them boys from Georgia ain't ready for all that, and I can see that quit setting in quickly in this one. But word of warning to you, you need to grab this now because this game should close over the three marks. So go get Utah State right now if you're going to get them. And then I've got an official NFL free pick. As some of the uh, I alluded to earlier with some of the handicaps. So this is going to be a three-team 10-point teaser. Now, that is minus 120, so it's the same rate as a two-team six-point teaser. You're going to tease Buffalo down to one or two, whatever it's going to be. You're going to tease Kansas City down to pick them, and you're going to tease Philly. I guess it would be down to two at this point. All three of these big favorites, why I like this so much, are 100% motivated to win. Now, you might get some late letdown. You might get some early trickery for some of the big dogs. You might get a lot of things that would cost you the cover on these big numbers, but what I love is that all three of these big favorites absolutely need to win these games desperately, and that's usually not the case this late in the season when these spreads get so far out of fucking hand, but it is here. This is probably a one-time everything, but three-team, 10-point teaser, minus 120, Buffalo, KC, and Philly. And then for your pizza money parlay, You're going to take the Air Force Fighting Falcons on the money line plus 110. You're going to take those Northwestern Wildcats on the money line plus 210. That's going to pay you right at five and a half to one. This is probably going to be my favorite one of the whole bowl season. So you might, you know, order a large pizza on this one if you catch my drip. Mm -hmm. All right, Longhorn. Say it again. It's uh, Air Force plus 110 and Northwestern plus 210. Money that pays, lines. That pays five to one on small. Five, like that. five and a half to one. Jesus. Plus 551. All right. Like it. All right, Longhorn. Tell me about that fabulous website one more time. All right. That'll wrap up episode number 179. 
1-800-522-1719 in the books. Go to that website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and check out those free picks. we got a lot to put in this week. Uh, get, get an extra free pick over there. I do like that teaser, uh, three-team, ten-point teaser. So that'll be up on the website if you didn't quite catch it uh, right there. But um, while you're there, check out the free the uh, the buy picks tabs, the college tabs, and the NFL. But don't mess with that. Just email in info at the football glory hole. We're at the end of the season. Email in, say hey, I want to catch the end of the season. We'll cut you a deal. You can, that's the best way to do that. Um, and don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. And if you do any of these things, we become partners for life. And as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your heart on money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. Ah, damn it, people. Never pay a bookie again. Stephen Tyler, take yourself, baby.